You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host, and I appreciate you uh, tuning in today. I want to start today. I typically try to keep it very TCU focused because it is a TCU podcast. And even like Big 12 discussion, kind of broader Big 12 discussion, I don't dip into too much. If you'd like to hear more of that, feel free to give me some feedback. I'm at Simcox Steven on Twitter or at Locked On TCU on Twitter. But I was watch as I was watching, um, Kansas won a national title last night. And that was a great basketball game. KU down 15 at halftime. They stormed back, get it done. David McCormick was great. Abaji was great. Um, and they, they won it all. The last team to lose to the Kansas Jayhawks, or last team to beat the Kansas Jayhawks, excuse me, was actually the TCU Horn Frogs on that great night in Fort Worth when they uh, defeated Bill Self's club. It really solidified their tournament hopes. But as I'm watching that game, I'm, I'm sort of thinking to myself, and, and first off, I kind of want to know what, what your thoughts are. And, again, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Simcox Steve, and the show is at Locked on TCU. Were you rooting for Kansas last night? I mean, I was. I don't totally buy into – the SEC, they really all rally for one another, right? Like, it's, it's almost kind of sad the way that if, if an SEC team wins it all, everyone in the conference sort of, you know, puffs their chest out and says, oh, we're part of this. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of – I don't want to be that – type of person, like have that type of attitude. But at the same time, I think it is cool when the Big 12 wins at all. Now, last year when Baylor did it, I had a really hard time rooting for them. I didn't ultimately really root for them. I was hoping Gonzaga would get done. Because even though Baylor's part of the conference, I just I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. But KU, I don't really have much of a beef with. I mean, they're always sort of the class of the Big 12. At least they have been for most of my life. And, you know, they get a lot of calls in Allen Fieldhouse. They're tough to beat, whatever. But I don't have a, a ton of ill will towards them. And so I was hoping they would get it done. And watching them win it all and watching them do it in dramatic fashion and come back, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, as strange as it sounds, because the Big 12 has really become a Texas-centric conference. And I don't mean that in terms of, like, the University of Texas, even though they're a huge part of it and will be until they leave. But I just mean so many of the schools now are located in Texas, Baylor, Texas Tech, um, UT, TCU, going to add Houston to the mix here shortly. Of course, we'll lose, we'll lose Texas when that happens. But it's a very Texas-centric conference. You know, there's two schools in Oklahoma, very southern-based. Big 12 North is essentially non-existent now, even though they still have Iowa State and Kansas State and KU. I mean, then West Virginia on the East Coast. But it's, it's strange to say this, because you think of Texas, you think of football, you think of the South, you think of football. Football is still the sport I believe everyone cares the most about. When I talk football, that's when I get, you know, the most plays, the most listens. I imagine most of you would say you would rather have a football national championship than anything else. You would probably trade a football national championship for success in any other sport. If TCU could win it all on the gridiron and they weren't particularly good in the other sport, I feel like most TCU fans would still be happy if they were consistently putting a contender on the field in regards to football. Now, obviously, you know, there's a lot of other sports that excel in Fort Worth, and we're excited about those teams when they do. But I'm just trying to highlight the importance of football here. However, 
is the Big 12 now a basketball conference? I mean, there's still good football that's played, but, I mean, everyone knows the lack of success the league has had in the college football playoff. Um, Oklahoma's made it there a few times. I haven't been able to get to the national title game. No one else has made it. And Baylor won a national title last season. Kansas won a national title this year. COVID interrupted um, the tournament the year before, but Baylor and Kansas were going to be one seeds, and I think both those teams felt like they had a pretty good chance to win it all that season. Texas Tech was in the national title game three years ago and probably should have beaten Virginia, couldn't quite get it done. It's a deep conference. You know, we saw the depth of it this year. Iowa State and TCU bounced back really nicely. Iowa State made the Sweet 16. TCU made the round of 32. All the teams that made it to the tournament made the round of 32. Texas won uh, their first tournament game since 2014. Chris Beard seems to be doing a nice job there. Texas Tech has really um, developed an identity as more of a basketball and baseball school as far as success goes. Mark Adams has continued the success there. Kansas has always been um, a university that thrives in hoops. Baylor, even though they saw some success on the football field, men's women's basketball is where they've had the most sustained success for the past decade or so. It appears to be becoming a basketball conference. And Men's basketball is a revenue sport. The tournament's really important. It's a huge part of what the NCAA does, what their bottom line is each year. So I think in this new age of NIL, this new age of realignment, the college sports landscape kind of molding and changing on a daily basis, I don't know if that's the best thing in the world that it's a basketball conference. I mean, you saw for years the Big East was a basketball conference. And, I mean, it was a formidable conference. It was in the conversation. Big East basketball was a huge deal. But it didn't touch what the SEC did with football, what the Big Ten did with football, the Big 12. And so in some ways it was faded back in the background. Cincinnati, Houston, really good basketball programs. Have good football programs as well. Dana Holgerson did a nice job in year two. Luke Fickle might be, uh, I mean, he's probably a top five coach in the country right now. But those two schools also have a pretty big basketball identity, especially Houston with Kellen Sampson. Made the Elite Eight last, this, this year. Made the Final Four the past season. They're physical. They rebound well. Is the Big 12 a basketball conference? I think it is. Football is still what people care about the most, but basketball is where they have the most success. And I don't know what that means for the landscape moving forward. I don't think it's the most positive thing, but I feel like it's the truth, whether we like it or not. And the league should probably embrace it, especially once the big brand names leave. Maybe that's a way to separate themselves from the rest of the country. When we come back, we'll talk to DC football. Back on Lockdown Horn Frogs, and we're going to talk some football here, but we'll sort of stay with we'll sort of stay with the Big 12 theme, and we'll talk about Big 12 football going into 
this season. I think this is a fascinating year for TCU. You know, really for me, Sonny Dykes, season one, a lot of transition. I know there's some talent here. But I think just a bowl game is a good benchmark, which some of you might say, well, that's way too low because even at their worst, I mean, the team has been 5-7 and seven two of the last three years, 6-4 um, and four in the COVID season. They've shown some ability. They've shown some success. It just hasn't been consistent. But I just I, I think with all the transition, with everything going on, you know, getting to six wins would be significant. Anything past that would be great. Seven and five, eight and four would be a really good goal to have. I do wonder though. Um, there's a ton of questions about the TCU team. I know they're not going to get a lot of love in the preseason. I don't expect them to. It's a totally different era. There's uh, not a, a bunch of, I mean, there's some solid returners, but you're banking a lot of potential, right? I think the quarterback position isn't even really settled, and we'll see how that shakes out as the season goes on. I do wonder, though, if this is a good year to have a transition, because the Big 12 feels pretty wide open to me. I mean, Oklahoma is changing coaches as well. Brett Venables, folks are excited about it. They're going to try to have a more physical identity. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, I think he's a good quarterback. I'm not sold on him, but he put up big numbers at UCF. He was highly uh, coveted when he was in the transfer portal. OU ended up winning that battle after he took kind of a detour to UCLA. And OU fans are super excited. They, they've really turned on Lincoln Riley. And suddenly the narrative around Lincoln Riley is, oh, well, he, you know, they were never going to win anything big with him past Big 12 championships. They could never win in the college football playoff because they weren't physical enough. They didn't play good enough defense. And I understand that to a certain extent, but Lincoln Riley did a really good job. His offenses were always solid. And even with their struggles this season, they almost won that game in Stillwater, that Bedlam game in Stillwater, if they would have held on and found a way and they would have played in the Big 12 title game. I don't know if they win the Big 12 title, but they were right there on the doorstep of it once again. So they're going to be a factor. I just wonder, new quarterback, new coach, um, if that takes them back a step. Uh, Baylor has a ton of returning talent. Dave Randa just landed Josh White, a big LSU linebacker on the transfer portal. They also got Jackson Player from Tulsa. Um, a lot of momentum there. And Garrett O'Hannon's coming back another year under his belt. I should probably be more worried about them, but I just feel like TCU's has their numbers so much. Maybe that's why I'm not. But they are the defending Big 12 champs, and they have a lot of returning production. Um, so, I mean, I think they're probably the odds-on favorite going into the season. Oklahoma State has sort of retooled their identity. Defense, hard nose, physicality. They whooped TCU in Stillwater last season. Just made them quit in the second half. The only reason I wonder about them is because Spencer Sanders, once again, year seven of this experience or whatever it is, um, you know, the turnovers are still there. The inconsistency is still there. So if, if he still struggles, I think that's a team that – these are all teams that can still obviously beat TCU and take care of them. I'm talking more about is there an elite team in this league? Is there a team that's just head and shoulders better than everyone else? Iowa State will sort of see Matt Campbell for the first time in a season where he doesn't have a lot of his big-time players returning. Brock Purdy gone, Brees Hall gone, the list goes on. 
last season was sort of the year everyone uh, was tying Iowa State to being great. They weren't as good as people thought. Now they're going to have to bounce back with a new uh, supporting cast. Texas Tech, Joe McGuire, new head coach. Um, I think they're going to be good. I just don't think it's going to be this season. West Virginia with Neil Brown, they've had TCU's number. They've really whipped the Frogs the last few years up front. But overall, uh, they've struggled. And, you know, they have a new system, and a new – or not a new system, new quarterback, new uh, situation they're running into. Um, again, just there's not a team that I see – that I think is necessarily elite. K-State, maybe. That quarterback position is always a question. But they've got some good players. Again, Chris Kleiman does a great job of having consistency there with the defense and with their ability to run the football. But maybe this is a good year for TCU to have to have some question marks, to have a new staff, because I just don't see a team that is overwhelmingly better than everyone else in the league. And so if Sonny Dykes and his crew can pull off a few upsets and that win-loss record looks better at the end of the year, then maybe there can be some momentum in the recruiting trail. I'll be honest with you. I'm not blaming anybody for it. I've been a little disappointed with the lack of momentum that's been uh, started on the recruiting trail for TCU. I know a lot of that's because of the staff changes that happened unexpectedly. But this was what I was most excited about for the staff, and it just hasn't really materialized yet. But we'll see how that works and how that goes if they can find a way to win games. Winning games is the best recruiting tool, even though I know most people will say NIL, the money involved with it. I get that. That is a huge part of it now, too. But I still think giving guys an opportunity, selling guys an opportunity to play in big games, play for championships, is the biggest piece of this. We'll see how it goes. We'll talk again tomorrow. This has been a Tuesday edition of Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.